Hi folks, this is part two of the original trilogy episode. If you haven't listened to part one yet, we did! It's not Al anymore. It's Dunk. What's next? So what's next? Well, what's next is probably coming episode like two. Well, definitely that. Because we really have been pushing it. Pushing it. But, um... So what really remains that's like a standout? I'll tell you what, we'll end on an animated series again. So, okay. right now we'll talk quickly about Andor and Obi-Wan. Okay. We'll talk about Andor because we talked about Rogue One. Right, makes sense. Uh, I think Andor's a flawless masterpiece and one of the best things ever made, uh, fictionally. Damn, okay, well... It's the second best thing Star Wars ever made, probably, uh, because nothing tops Clone Wars anymore. Mm. Is it flawless? I think I need to rewatch it again. I really enjoyed like pretty much everything after maybe Episode Two because I was getting into you, it. You know, yeah, you were very big on like you weren't really, you weren't sure how you were feeling about it, but I then once like, it picked up steam, you were like, okay, I'm in, I'm yeah. getting there. Like especially after Skarsgård has got like that episode where he like I think it's the same episode where he goes to Sogler and he's like, we've got a fucking issue, bro. Right, we're gonna like let this guy die and like will be exposed or we could like save I think it's in the web we let him die we don't get exposed or we save him and like they fucking know there's like a aye, million aye, and like... then he goes to the guy and he's like you need to fucking do the thing so we can stay hidden and like he goes like he explains we, everything if you explain his motivations he's yeah, like it's a completely character breakdown uh-huh. and I was like okay well now I'm sold I know what it is uh-huh. I'm here for this now and like everything with uh, with Mon Mothma and then Cassie and like discovering what the rebellion's like truly about on his mission and then like just coming to terms with that and then just being like well I guess we're here now especially after like, the prison break oh my god that's amazing oh my god I loved Andor so much and again I had no idea I was going to I remember the first trailers came out and everyone was about like oh 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 this is like weird like oh, everyone banging just a drum kept in that. telling us it's a story about Cassie and one and we're all yeah. about like like what well, and then they, they showed us the trailers and was like this is good like weird visual stuff oh. and like it sounds interesting like my eyes are open the dialogue's like really cool I'm here oh it is I think it's like what is it not like 12 it's like 12 episodes I think I think it's like yeah I think it's like 12 because it's like a 3 episode arc 3 episode arc 3 episode arc and then like or like a 1 episode then a 3 episode then a 2 episode right it, it's like 12 or so episodes and it's really beautifully like oh it's just <laughs> so well done. I can't even begin to talk about it. That's why really I said let's quickly talk about it. Because yeah. there's no... I will waste time just saying it's how brilliant it is. They were like, let's tell an even grittier story. Let's take uh-huh. Star Wars and let's bring it down to the, the most low mm-hmm. level. Let's now be with people on planets. Yeah, We're not lightsaber wielders. We're not fighting the biggest pictures. Mm-hmm. We're with the real human beings who yeah. live in this. Let's look at it from a real perspective. Let's deal with real issues. Yeah, Let's explore truly how bad the empire is we, we get told how bad the empire is for the little guys but yeah if we, if we to experience it in a in a realistic way yeah because like the empire and andor are like real they're like issues you could face in the real world mm, you kind of yeah. get like this is oppression that happens to just normal people mm, yeah. i know what that oppression could feel like because mm. i'm a normal person mm. oh my god it's so 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 brilliantly written it's it, it just constantly has these insanely like well-woven narratives mm. that have a forward plot progression where there is an actual event going on yeah but then extremely layered characters with explicit like opinions and movements and then maybe sometimes you don't really know like 
like Skarsgård, like Luthen, mm. this character's name is, and in the first act, you don't really know what he's about. Yeah. You kind of know where he's coming from, his opinion, mm. but then you find out a bit more about him. You get that, like, the, the, the later on, the big speech where he, like, expresses his feelings about what he's doing. Yeah. And that's even when you don't know everything, what you do know gives you so much to think about mm. and so much to, like, dissect and look at in terms of, like, you know, what is this going to mean for, like, the events and why, how is this going to link into this? Yeah. But then you also still feel complete. There's not a lot of questions left. Mm. The questions that are left are like almost superfluous. Like yeah. we don't really know about about Luthens, for example's backstory. But mm. We don't need to because everything that Luthen has done and said up to this point is completely sensible and understandable and for a, a explicit goal. Mm. Yeah. Um. Everything's got its own personal stakes. This is kind of what I said about how Rogue One is ultimately just about getting to the destroy the Death Star because it's the Death Star. Mm. But Jin was probably the best one because she had the whole I need to like vindicate my dad. Everything that happens in Andor, in your head, is like, we're all going to lead up to that point. This is about forming the rebellion to get up to that point. Mm, but yeah. even at the end of the prison, they have that stinger where it's like, by the way, they were building the Death Star. Those mm. parts that they were building are going into the Death Star. Remember, yeah. the Death Star's coming. Yeah. But Andor still feels like ultimately grounded. And because it's so fleshed out in terms of what the characters are doing and why they're there, everything feels personal enough. Mm. Like, you know why each character is doing what they're doing. And like you see the, that those events that happen, like characters are affected by events in this, mm. and then that goes on to lead them to make reasonable choices that affect the rest of the narrative. Everything keeps going, and then you can see progression with Cassian the most. The the, the crystallization of Cassian as a character, the I'm a fucking lay about nothing. I have my own shit going on with my sister. I don't give a fuck about the Empire or anything at the start, and then him being like confronted with the reality of the world. And like being put through, like meeting people in the rebellion, understanding like what the rebellion is about and that. But then like going into the prison and really truly getting the weight of the oppression that he's fighting, mm. and like trying to, and through his experience with other people as well, how he grows as a person mm. towards the end, and then finally towards the end making those big movements for himself <sighs> and his community and that. Damn. And focusing on like community, like the constant returning to Ferex, mm. and like focusing on the people there and how they're feeling and the slow growth of the Empire and then their own resistance, like the constant uh, dipping in and out of certain characters, uh, even then within their arcs, mm. like the Aldani heist with like, you know, you've got like the the guy for, uh, the, the guy with the man, Nemec with the manifesto and he's like, oh, well, he's the true believer but he's maybe mm. a bit naive and he's got a lot to learn. Yeah. You've got Skeen, the one for the guy for the bear mm. who's like, well, actually surprised I'm in it for myself Yeah, and like Cassie making the choice to kill him like that is like a moment where it's like I, he he was clearly doing that that was the first time he said I'm going to do something that's not for myself mm. like I understand the weight of that and I'm I think it was because he was he didn't want to have himself associated with it mm. it's like you, we can read into this this is why it's so great because there is so much visibly there that we can read into mm. and dissect and there is clearly a way to look at it and there is clearly progression in these things so you're never left thinking what really happened there your questions are answered mm. if you just at the worst, you might have to put a minute to read what you're seeing, but it's all there for you to look at. But you can still keep pulling if you want. It's so textured and layered. It Damn. looks gorgeous. Like, especially coming after, like, all the other shows being filmed on the volume. Mm. For Andor to show up, no, we just fucked off to Scotland and filmed at a dam. Yeah. Or, like, we filmed on real sets. We built, like, a real Ferrex set and everyone was mm. about it. You can tell. It looks insanely beautiful. Yeah. Uh, uh, every actor gives just, like, a fucking career-defining performance. <laughs> Like, for, sometimes for no reason. Stellan Skarsgård just pops out. He's like, I'm going to fucking lay it on the line for the Star Wars show. Andy Serkis is like, they finally, they're giving me uh, a lot of time as an actor and not a CGI as character. As a human man. I'm going to literally just 
just annihilate the concept of acting and like <laughs> the most insane micro sequences. They pour. Someone said Andor uh, is a series of celebrity cameos showing up and giving the best performance of their career. <laughs> and uh, like I Oppenheimer mean, as well. Bro, is it? I think it's quite. Well, I mean, it's not as not like how Oppenheimer is literally it's just a carousel not, of celebrities. Yeah, but this one's literally like, like, like yeah, like the guy for the bear shows up and he's amazing, and the guy like Andy Serkis shows up and he's amazing, Stellan mm-hmm. Skarsgård shows up and he's amazing. And then there's oh. just so much other things that are great. Mon Mothma being in this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. She's a character is so fascinating and deserves so much more. Genevieve O'Reilly, who played on like the cut scene from Revenge of the Sith, getting to come back right. in Rogue One, but now also in this and being given actually stuff to work with mm. and showing her importance and really fleshing out politics and right. the sort of that side of like how the rebellion works in the mm. grand scheme. And then giving that its own like layered narrative, you know, Mon Mothma is like a, a trapped in a, a, a arranged marriage and how she wants the world to be for her daughter, but mm-hmm. her daughter views her. Like, there's just so many facets to this. Yeah. And every character talks to each other with purpose, and every dino- line of dialogue is great and means something. Oh, see, it, this is what happens when, like, you just make a good show. It's just, you get... A, oh, shit. You get a, good, a guy in a room with a great <laughs> idea, and you just let him go for it. Just let him do it. Let him cook. Tony fucking Gilroy. And that guy is insane. <laughs> I love Tony Gilroy. He's lost his fucking mind. He's fucking mental, bro. Mega I was, minded. I was at, so lucky to go to the Andor panel at Celebration 2023. Mm. And that was like Diego Luna and Tony Gilroy and a couple of people. I think Nicholas Brattel was there, the composer. Right. Again, music, also great. Like, so spy shit. It has that, that really powerful, like, Andor theme mm. that gets remixed at the start of every episode slightly. Right. The funeral dirge from the final episode. You know, they have the whole band out playing that, like, Aye. funeral song. And it's still like, really cool and layered and powerful. Ah, oh, it's so good. Tony Gilroy, like, he talks like such a maverick. He talks like he just knows what he's fucking talking about. And then in the same breath, we'll be like, I don't fucking know Star Wars. I don't care. <laughs> like, someone was like, put like a Darth Vader in it. I don't know what a Darth Vader is. Like, who Aye. gives a fuck? So, I, watching Tony Gilroy gives me confidence in the idea of like, you can maybe give anyone Star Wars as long as they're smart enough to construct a story. Well, I think yes. if they work with the right people, because Tony Gilroy works with the story group. He mm. works with the people who know what they're talking about and he lets Aye. them guide them. If he, I'm sure Tony Gilroy goes, I need like a planet with like this on it. The story group were like, well, we actually have a planet. It's called this. You can do this with it. I mean, and Andor wasn't really that much of that. You know what I mean? Aye. But that, the point is, they could, they probably are still helping him. Tony was like, I need a ship. The story group were like, well, you can use this ship because it's been another Star Wars thing. Mm. He's like, cool. Cut print. Like, Fire that in. Aye. It makes me excited for... The other shows. Yeah, like the other shows <laughs> that like... Okay, I, I, I was going to say Leslie Headland. Leslie Headland's doing the acolyte. Did she not say she like didn't know Star Wars? But then... No, she's now saying she really knows Star Wars. There's someone who's working on a Star Wars thing coming up, and there was a big thing about how she's actually like not even watched Star Wars, or like there's, she doesn't know as much about it as you'd think someone who's like making a Star Wars show would. Right. She's not like Dave Filoni. She's kind of like, yeah, I'm like, I like maybe I've watched the movies, but there's not like a whole lot. I haven't like read these books, for example. I'll need to look into that. Someone definitely doesn't really know, but I'm, I right. was like, maybe I can trust her. Because, like, you know, if you're just are good at making it, and then watching Tony Gilroy be like, I'm going to fuck with Star Wars. Like, mm. I'm just going to tell a really good story with Star Wars paint on it. And it mm. was, like, the best fucking story they've ever told. Right. It was this beautifully poignant story about standing up for, like, good in the face of evil, about confronting yourself, challenging yourself to do better. Like, the, the journey that we have to go on. It's an immigrant story. It deals with casting as mm. an immigrant and the experience he has to go through, like, sort of dealing with his own past. There's more layers to it. 12 full episodes and then the idea of like many arcs that's a beautiful idea like one two three an arc four five six an arc i, I can't 
He can't he's stop. He can't stop. To express how much I fucking love Andor. Listen, it's really good. I might um, even love it more than Last Jedi on a certain day. Man, that it probably does. You just lie to yourself saying you don't. Well, you probably do. I think it's just because there's more of Andor, and we're gonna get even more of it. We're gonna get more. There's a season two, and Tony Gary's already shown up and promising, like, oh yeah, like we're gonna literally end at Rogue One. We're yeah. gonna literally like cover the events up to Rogue One, and you're gonna see like the end of Rogue One. We're gonna link it in. We might put K two in it. Who fucking knows? Andy Serkis might pop up. Let's vote fucking go. Ooh. And he's he's shown like an awareness of enough. Like fucking Colonel uh, Colonel Yellarden's in this. Mind at the ISB. There's the white suit guys. Like they have like the main white suit guy. Who was right. like in Clone Wars and then he was in Rebels and then he was in like the, he fucking was on the Death Star when it blew up. Right. And it's like that's a character that's like it makes sense that he's there, but also mm. it's still a reference. And right. I wouldn't have even thought Tony Gilroy knew who that character was. And maybe he didn't. And he, someone was like, oh well, if you're at the ISB, you can use this guy because he's like the superior. Mm. It's like cool. I'll write it in and I'll write him completely fine and make sense. And it'll be a great character moment. And it'll be right. interesting. And all the fans can go, I know who that character is. Mm. And the, the Death Star moment, the Death Star moment almost feels like Tony was like, I have to like do something that's so Star Wars. I, I guess I'll do this. And it still felt great. That idea of like, oh shit, Cassian was unknowingly helping to build the thing that would eventually kill him, hmm. but also that he would eventually help destroy. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh my God. Okay. Fucking, okay. I'm it's sorry, bro. really good we get it I'm so sorry it's not I... my favourite simply because uh, I need some more lightsaber for shit in my shows right so, so I'm waiting for my Andor version of that yeah you want like a Star Wars of Star Wars you Aye. want like okay I if we're like going to some... do Star Wars I wanted to I do want the iconography I want Aye. my lightsabers in the Force and I would X-Men. like some gritty retelling Andor version of that okay that might be my number one show I think you're going to get that with the Acolyte Possibly. I think the Acolyte might like be the thing for you. Possibly. I'm looking forward to the High Republic movie, whenever that happens, or the oh, show. Fucking bro, imagine the you High know, Republic movie. One day eventually. The Acolyte is your High Republic show? Guess, maybe kind of. You're, maybe you're Dawn of the Jedi. Roughly. That's, James like, Mangold, that's way then, before, I think. But James Mangold, I don't know how That would do. be the vibe for me. But, well, yeah, that's why I think, you know, like, you're saying they're like, just give a, a trusted creator, like, some parameters, and, like, let them go. Mm-hmm. Which is why Martin Scorsese would make a great Marvel movie. <laughs> like, just think about it. Like, someone who hates Marvel, just give him Kingpin, and it will be fire. For fuck's sake! Are you seriously telling me get Martin Scorsese to do a Marvel thing, and it's a fucking gangster movie? Bro, who's let, Kingpin? Let him cook. Who's Kingpin? Is it De Niro? Bro, why not? <laughs> let him cook, right? Don't care. Let him do it. it but you get my point. Like, I do that's a point. very good director. If given parameters, I'm sure they could do it. And that's what they've done here. They've just got someone who's like extremely talented, knows their craft very well, and has got surrounding himself with people who know the fans, what they want, and the iconography, and has just worked it in seamlessly. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is like the, it's a TV show. So Scorsese is a director. Mm. Like Tony Gilroy was the showrunner. I don't the think he directed every yeah. episode. So no, like, but he was. It has his hands on it. Yeah, aye. But that's interesting. I want to see how someone would handle that. Mm. I need to. I need to watch other things by Tony. Right. I think he did spy stuff. He did other... I think he did, he did like British Spies or... I might be thinking of Nicholas Patel because the composer did other spy stuff, but... I thought he could have done British Spies. British Spies is Tom Hanks, right? Also, Tony Gilroy literally does just look like a fucking... What's his name? Uh, Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Ah, she looks like Joe Pesci. Fucking... Uh, one of the James Bonds. Timothy Dalton. Fair. From Hot Fuzz. <laughs> From Hot Fuzz. <laughs> he wrote... A lot of stuff I don't really know. He wrote the Bourne movies, Tony Gilroy. Okay. One and two, fire. Uh, I also wrote The Great Wall, which 
I think is not very good. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a movie. It had Matt Damon in a ponytail. That's interesting. Like, some of his stuff, I don't really know when other stuff might not even be that good, but like he comes out random, he's like, I'm just going to make the fucking best thing we've ever made. <laughs> like, sometimes you like, just make the best thing you've ever made, though. Sometimes like, like, worry. you're like, sitting there and you're like, oh man, that fucking last movie in the trilogy wasn't actually that good. And I don't know, Mandalorian's uh, like, cool, but let's see how it's going on. And then Tony Garrow's like, I'm making a prequel about this one guy from the, the prequel movie. And everyone's like, oh, I'm a bit weird. He's like, it will be the greatest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> Your eyes will bleed because you love you it that much. Like, like piss and cry. Yeah, all it was. Like, come on, man. Like, One Way Out is one of the best episodes of TV of all time. Wow, man. You're saying it's better than, like, Ozymandias? Like, I'm saying it's on the level, level of Ozymandias. Oh, my God, man. I, don't, I haven't even seen Ozymandias, so I can't really say that. You've not seen Ozymandias? I've not seen I mean, all I of would, I wouldn't just watch Ozymandias. I'd watch Breaking Bad. Well, You've watched all of Better Call Saul? Yes, because it's fire. It's fucking amazing. So it's Breaking Bad? Mm, I guess, but like, the first couple of seasons are a drag. I am all... Can't lie. You got it. I but like so was the first two episodes of Adder, right? I, well, I, I, you know what? the one is right as a drag though. Oh, that's true. I season one of Big Bad is a bit hard to get through in the modern era, but oh, you oh, should man. you should really watch it because maybe it, like the problem with Big Bad is it is just as good as everyone says it is <sighs> when it gets going. Well, I need to finish Mad Men first because that is really good too. That's true. Finish yeah. Mad Men. Come on. But yeah, I I will I will leave it there personally because I could sit and fucking gush like yes. the biggest time. I like I'm a for a forgivist and apologist. Tony Garrow can do no wrong. Like it's a flawless thing to me. I don't. Fair. I know in my Fair. heart, I'm sure there's things to critique. I'm sure it's not perfect. I'm sure X Y Z. I just know for a fact the experience that I had watching it and discussing it and thinking about it was so amazing because it perfectly was between a, a forward moving, interesting narrative and also just very expertly layered character mm-hmm. and thematic works. It had a great Fierce. emotional core, a great thematic core, and a great narrative core. Mm. It fired every single cylinder all at once. Damn. So we go from like a masterpiece to like literal schlock. Uh oh. With uh, Ben Kenobi. Obi Wan Kenobi. Obi Ben Kenobi. Obi Wan. Bro. So I'm going to let Graham feel this one because Graham's got opinions. Can, can I feel that? I don't know, man. Well, I talked for a fucking length about Andor, so you need uh, to talk now to balance it out. <laughs> I could, I could, well... Uh, well, look, right, Graham. The show, we're going. Go what do you think about Obi-Wan Kenobi? Uh, 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 it's a misfire. Why do you think it was a misfire? Um, uh, I don't think it's the story we should have got. Like, I get having Leia there and, like, dealing with that, but I feel like it should have been more with Obi-Wan, more in, like, a personal journey coming to terms with his like isolationism that he's had to do to himself to look out for uh, like the future look so like you get about that in the first episode where he's like just a guy working for his like slab of meat or whatever he gets <laughs> but I, I needed more of that and then more of him reflecting on Anakin and his fall and I wanted more of him being like accountable for it so I wanted him to be more like I could have done more to prevent it stuff like that I missed more of that and then we focus too much on like the Inquisitors and like bringing Reva in and then bringing like Darth in, which was cool. And when they like met up, I really liked it. But like everyone kind of around it, I was like a bit bored of. By the end, I was like, I just happy that we got them at the end. But I didn't like like how we got there, really. Okay. Yeah, I, do you know what? I really do like Obi-Wan Kenobi, but it's, I like Obi-Wan personally and not objectively. Objectively, it, in, the, in, the, in the end, it was a bit naff. Yes. I think so. I think the biggest threat to one was its troubled production, which is I'm realizing is just the theme now. You know what didn't have a troubled production? Andor. Andor season one just seemed to work, didn't it? You know, literally. Tony Gower was like, I'm, "I've got an idea, I'm just going to film it," and ah. everyone's like, "Yeah, let's film it." Yeah, I mean, it's funny in Obi Wan when 
when they use the volume, it's very obvious. I know. Bro, they've got Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Let me just put this in context for you. Obi-Wan Kenobi, one of the greatest Jedi Masters of all time. And they've brought nine Stormtroopers, I think it is. Oh my god. And I... Reaver, who is an untested but you know Inquisitor. What's weird? They didn't even, like, could they not have done anything with the volume to CG the Inquisitors in? Probably. No, 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 Inquisitors, they, um, the, the Stormtroopers. It's, it's more because, yeah, it's more because there's visibly a gap. Yeah. The Stormtroopers just stop. And you're like, bro, the, who's behind that door? It's Obi Wan Kenobi. You know who that is, is right? It's fucking Obi Wan Kenobi. Your famous clip of you, McGregor. Oh. So. The show was like originally going to be like a trilogy of movies. See, that could have worked better, but it probably would have been the same story, so it wouldn't have worked better. The, I think the story is fine. I yeah. think they, what they you wanted to do, they do do. They just sort of hit the requisite amount rather than deeply explore it. Right, like, okay. Vader, there is, there's an episode of Obi-Wan dealing with his isolation in Tatooine and yes. then they move on. Yes. The, Obi-Wan does sort of re- like have moments of being like, oh man, fucking Vader is Anakin and that's an issue for me. Mm. And then they move on. Mm. Like the Reva stuff was actually, I really liked it. I thought it was fine and good and interesting and in terms of there's things like how it parallels sort of like journeys that Anakin and Obi-Wan are going on and you know, there's like the story, her own story about like, you know, what revenge is the person. But again, all of it was just sort of too compressed. Mm-hmm. This shouldn't have been, like, the Reva this was stuff, like only six episodes, was it not? Yeah, all that, like all the Reva stuff can be fine and as what is. Especially because this has to have a villain to deal with, it's not just Darth Vader. Because I, otherwise, like you're not going to just deal with that. There needs to be a, a thing, if you're going to tell a story like this, there needs to be a thing to overcome. Especially right. because the real thing you're looking at when Obi-Wan's story is, how does Obi-Wan go from being sad and broken to, to like, being ready to at, least, uh, at least wise and smart enough to in a position where, yeah, he can look after Luke, but take him with him. Mm. Like, he can challenge Maul in the desert and reach, like, a, a, a peaceful, like, yeah. wise resolution. Mm. Imagine all found this Obi-Wan. They'd probably Aye. have a really fucking shitty, like, tired fight. Right. You know what I mean? Maybe even Obi-Wan would lose because he's just fucking hard done by impressed. Probably maybe. But like, so you need, I think you need a challenge to overcome. Right. And that was what like Reva and the Inquisitors were. And that, I really like the Inquisitors. I think the Inquisitors are a great idea because they mm. do give you like a, a high a high level villain. They're force users, they're lightsabers, yeah. but they're not fucking obviously Darth Vader. Aye. Like they're clearly less than him. And I liked all that stuff. I like Inquisitor lore. I like how much they showed. I just think, yeah, it was too compressed. They didn't really, mm. things just had to happen really quickly. Sometimes things weren't even given enough time and and energy right like they had like there was a whole other inquisitor on this show who was literally just there there was Man the was fourth sister was in this there. and she was just stood about I don't even know if she had a line bro background character they, they just kept changing what they were going to do with this and they didn't change the story enough I think it feels like they had that story and they had like it mapped out for a trilogy or a longer show and they're like no you're going to get six episodes so they just like took a fucking vice and just like you know what I mean right like forced it the square peg Mm, into and the circle hole yeah by fucking trimming off the edges of the circle and ramming it in there and it ultimately just didn't particularly work right don't look at that that's a spoiler for Ahsoka okay <laughs> he just got a notification on his phone I did I just was able to take away enough of like what I enjoyed about it to be like okay that was fine I, I'm, I'm happy enough it's a shame that yeah like we an Obi-Wan thing you really wanted that everyone always wanted that Obi-Wan is great and he deserves that time and there was plenty of story to tell mm. so it's a shame that it, Disney didn't really give it its due course. They crammed it in the six episodes. Aye. Apparently, the budget was diabolical. Bro. It, mu- it might have cost that much to get you and Anakin uh, we, hidden back. We but know like, these budgets are at hand. We know. It's we true. We didn't talk about stuff like that. We know. That's like, that's the Bob era, right? Still. What, was Obi-Wan Chapek or Iger? I'm guessing that. Wait. No, actually, because they're both Bobs, aren't they? Yeah, Aye. I think it's Chapek, yeah. Was it the I think Bob it was still Chapek. 
It wasn't been working be, on because if it was Iger, it was Iger. Then Che Pick and Hayes. Working on Bobby One for Bobby One. Bobby One. They've been working on Bobby One for so long. Yeah. So it can't even be Iger or Che Pick. It was both. It was fucking who was it? Maybe fucking Eisner. Like they can only at, rest upon Kathleen Kennedy's head. I think Obi Wan <laughs> is the first major like thing that even I will say. Kathy kind of beans that a wee bit. Aye. Well, Bob I, Iger took the yeah. blame for Solo. He said that was him. Ah, He's really? like, aye, our side of Disney did yeah, this. Yeah, but Kathleen's no covered herself in glory with later to comments fair, about yeah, Solo. The comment for Kathleen that, like, oh, yeah. Legacy recast was the issue with that film. Like, no, it wasn't. Yeah, well, Legacy wasn't. recast was the strongest thing about that film for a lot of people. One of them, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but no, I think Kathleen Kennedy definitely is, like, the one yeah. where I'm like, well, Kathy, you are, like, the head of this department. What mm. did you do? How did this happen? Yeah. I'm sure when we get to the sequel stuff, we can speak more about Kathleen Kennedy and her like handling of it and mm-hmm. her running of it it's the problem of like I wonder how much if she's maybe not doing enough like mm-hmm. arguably the issue with the sequels which we'll talk about is that she clearly didn't get involved enough mm-hmm. it's like the Kevin Feige issue yeah I kind of want Kathleen Kennedy to be the Kevin Feige like to come in yeah. and have a handhold well, enough that's the idea but they're two different executives at that level it's true it's true Kathleen Kennedy's obviously from a classical like era uh, Ke- Kevin Feige's like, like been in the machine and is like okay I can do this with it that's a very like, very excellent point he came up through X-Men Spider-Man mm-hmm. and was like oh I love these characters I can do this cool he's been going at the start Kathleen Kennedy yeah. wasn't angry it was when she was like producing like E.T. yeah like, she was like oh you can make crazy cool blockbusters like this I'll just do that mm-hmm. that's she's like, an excellent executive producer but mm-hmm. this is the time when I'm like I wonder if she has like what it takes to manage what we're doing here and like I yeah. kind of want to know what she is doing. There's is definitely moments, wa- but like I would say a failing of the sequel trilogy is her managing of it. Yes. Even me, who has defended her a lot more mm. than other people, even yeah. I'd say I, I, I think of her really highly in comparison to a lot of people, De- even other people who have been fair about her. You can't be a success in the field like she has been without mm. being good. Exactly. And so like, I, when, I, when I critique it, I'm not saying she's bad. No, of course. I'm saying course. this is where I think it's went wrong. I just think, yeah, for me, even with my excessive defences, like, yeah, yeah, like the postmortem on the sequel trilogy is like, like, like Kathleen, as the head of all this, like yeah. what really happened? And then mm. as the head of this for Obi-Wan, like you were the one talking about Obi-Wan and about yeah. the writing, the scripts and all that. What happened mm. here? realistically like, yeah. why couldn't it have been fixed why not delay it a wee bit things like Disney Plus like see well that again is a problem because yeah, you, you, we've got an excessive budget and we need to delay it a year we're going to add more to that budget aye it's just like it's such a confusing thing I'm fascinated on it mm. fascinated on it I want, to, I want to know the postmortem I want to I see behind know. the scenes and I, I, I say postmortem I don't want it to be gory because like I say I actually think there's a lot of good that's happened mm. it's just like those questions do come up and you have to ask yourself like well, what how did this happen? Mm. Another, the, the, the thing that makes me is like, Obi-Wan is a, a lot of really cool, fun things that are just a bit like, ah, or things that are a bit like, ah. Yeah. So, like, like the name drop in that one episode. What was that? Was it Quinlan Voss? Yes. Aye, Quinlan Voss. Quinlan That's Voss. like a, oh, Pog. Cool. Everything with the path was like, oh, Pog. There's nice. like a, a pure railroad in that. Yeah. Dayu, the, the planet in like the second episode Bro. where they take Leia. That's like, mm-hmm. a, a, like a street market. It's like neon. Fargan yeah. loved it. Excellent planet. The planet after that, where they take Leia, that's just someone's garden in California. What's it called? Mapuzo. Is that one where he sees the mirage? Yes. Right, yeah. And it's literally just, we went out back a in California. Gaff. You can right. literally see like Los Angeles over there. <laughs> but I actually wasn't as fussed on that as other people because I, at least, of the belief that like sometimes Star Wars is just going to kind of look like your back garden. Oh, well, every planet is fantastical. Yeah, yeah. And what was good about Mapuzo was it was real. It was, I don't think it was aye. volume, it was like real. Mm. 
the planet, I can't even fucking remember, Jabim, which was the planet where they end, nearly at the end, the right, big right. brown hole planet where there's yeah. just a bunch of holes and we volumed everything and it's and all there's CG. there's a wee rebel cell. And yeah, there's a bunch of guys here who are like kind of, I hated all that. I'm like, I don't get this really. Like, mm. What exactly is this? And then there was a bit of an issue with a flatness of a lot of the visual work. Mm. The Grand Inquisitor just, I'm never ever going to physically be able to get over the fact he just doesn't look right. I get it, right. you probably couldn't have done the big, long out of power head, except you literally did in episode 3. Right. So I don't know why you couldn't have done it again here, because it's not like the Grand Inquisitor had a really big fight where he needed to move. He just, visually, is too different. Mm. Even though I think Rupert Friend is a great performance, right. there's no reason why it couldn't have been Jason Isaacs, right. who plays him in Rebels. Mm. Jason Isaacs literally said, I will do it, I'm here for it, I love doing it. Yeah. You had this all teed up for you and you just didn't let it go through. The Fortress Inquisitorious mm. is like cool on the inside but like really boring because they keep doing like outside shots and they keep making the sky just like pasty grey. Right. And like it's like oh this is a boring planet. I'm like bro in Fallen Order when you go to that planet mm. it's a pristine sky. So pristine you can literally it's a pristine night and you can see fucking Mustafar in the background <laughs> and the, the water is like completely quiet it has a beautiful reflection. You can yeah. do Obi-Wan it's like it's, it's grey waves it's raining the day. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry mate. We, we, it was raining all those times Come we filmed next it. next week man. But then there's other cool shots but then there's other like very cool CG shots and that's there's no there's too little consistency. There's too much visual up and downs. There's like, for every Dario, there's a Jabim. For every like fucking, Obi-Wan does look cool. Yoon looked great. It's impossible to avoid it. Hayden's great. But then it's like, there's a fucking weird Grand Inquisitor. I would say, yeah, young Leia was great. Everything with Leia was really teetered on the potential to be like, oh, it teetered on the potential to be like, oh no, Leia's in this. Like, that's bad. But then it was like, no, it makes sense and she's cool and there's some interest. I guess, I still do think she maybe would have remembered them more. Like, it kind of is like, in the original trilogy, I feel like she would have been a bit more like, oh, fuck, like, we had a whole fucking adventure, bro. Like, me and Obi are, like, tight, bro. Like, like me and Obi are literally, like, like, that's, they didn't really work around that as much as they could have, but I actually really ended up enjoying it. It was great to see, like, like Bale, like, Jimmy Smits, love that guy. Like, Alderaan was in it, and I was like, oh, cool, we don't ever get to go to Alderaan, and, like, there was a lot of good there. But then, as the same, there was always, like, a bad for a good, and there was always a let down for a positive. Mm. If we go back to the metaphor I keep talking about, about like peaks and mountains, that oh, one for me, it's like a, I really liked it overall. Okay, I liked it overall and I felt what they were going for, so I can accept it and I don't need to worry about it. But right. it does ultimately go like, uh, like up and down a lot. Aye. It's got some really great highs for me, but it's also got some like uh, lows. You know what we don't talk about enough, right? Or like a, a lot is like going back to these because out of these, the only ones I've rewatched have been the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. I haven't rewatched Rogue One. I haven't rewatched Andor yet. I went. I will rewatch yeah. Andor. I would say I would. I haven't rewatched Solo, and I haven't rewatched Obi Wan. The prequels. I would rewatch all the prequels. Yeah. I would rewatch Clone Wars. I don't know what that says. I think it says about the quality though. Yeah. Well, because I mean, we're about to talk about probably the thing that you would rewatch. In fairness. Mm. Uh, when we with the Rebels. Yes. But I'm going to hone on your point then now. Because, I mean, I don't rewatch stuff that much in comparison to you. I have a right. weird thing where, like, I watch something and I need to literally give it a long time before I'm like, okay, it's it been helps long so enough. you can retain it more. 
like, yeah. Through this through this conversation, no doubt you've realised like I'm not saying much, not because I don't remember a lot of it. I just remember the good bits I like. Yeah. So it's hard for you me have to like a fixed it. opinion. That's that I can like yeah. rip up the details because I retain it so exactly. much. But then that's to my disadvantage because you can happily like rewatch things and re-engross mm. yourself and re-experience them. Whereas yeah. I like literally need to wait like a fucking decade before the movie leaves my brain before <laughs> right. I'm like right. Yeah. I can rewatch it and enjoy it again because yeah. I'm not like I'm not going to watch it knowing what's happened unless it's mm. something like Revenge of the Sith where it's so good and fun for me that I'm happy yeah. to know what's about to happen. Mm. But then even yeah, quality is a big deal. Like Andor, I would rewatch, and then Rogue One because of Andor, mm. because of how good Andor is. Yeah, yeah. And like, I'm in no rush to watch A New Hope again because I'd watch it if I was watching the whole trilogy. Yeah. But it's foundational. Mm. I don't need to re-engage myself with A New Hope unless ah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess unless I wanted to experience just the joy of filmmaking. Yeah. And that there's reasons that, but yeah, you're not wrong. Like mm. <sighs> Solo was good, but I don't need to rewatch it, especially because yeah. I know it's just been left out to dry. Mm. Obi Wan, I don't know if I'll ever rewatch that. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just don't get that ever do it. I know. I've, I've, the ex- one experience is enough, and that's a shame. Mm. Mm. It's a shame that some things are being made that are like one experience was enough. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of Disney stuff is good, and that's it. Even my a so, lot of it feels that way. Like you can watch it. Like I really am glad I watched that, but you're not really like ready to go back to it. Yeah. I know we're not there yet. But what about Mandalorian? Like, you s- I would, I would happily rewatch Mandalorian. All of even, it, even if you say uh, three drags a lot. One's amazing. Two is amazing to me, and I enjoy three. Okay, I would well, rewatch it all. I just couldn't. Yeah, I can't abide that. Like, that's <laughs> just insanity, bro. bro. The last episode two is the greatest episode. I'm well, no, no, no. Like I'm I like saying. two. We'll get there. I, I like two, but right, right, right. three. Mm. I, I would rewatch. Well, that's more like I'm more into. Like I'm just happy to see. Like the way you're happy to see Thrawn is the way I'm happy to see Bo-Katan. Okay, I'm so excited right. to see people like that right, in right, the live right. action. That's fair. Do you, do, on that, right, do you think if David Filoni makes Obi-Wan, it's actually, hang it, it is Isaac, what his name is, oh, hang it. Yes. You think it is? I think so. Uh, me too. Do you well, think, I think like a, that. Is that a positive thing or is that a negative thing? Well, I don't like the hero worship of Dave Filoni. I don't think putting Dave Filoni in every project will fix Star Wars. Well, I don't think I don't think it would either, but I think, I'm aware that he is probably... One of, if not the most knowledgeable and understanding of the material at Watching point. Ahsoka, it's proving to me that, like, I think Dave would be... A lot of people say Dave should be the new Kathleen Kennedy, and some people say he should be. I actually think now that's the the role that's most fitted for him. Mm-hmm. I think Dave Filoni is best suited to be creating the stories and, like, writing the stories and building the world. I... I'm really going to sound mean here when I say this, but like Ahsoka, watching Ahsoka, because Dave Filoni actually isn't amazing at doing actual real directing and acting, like scripting work. Right. Maybe it's because he's so early and fresh. You know, he couldn't always stand right. to learn. I just, well, I've got a lot of like technical issues from, from, from like the animation because in animation you're, you're only doing like the storyboards yeah. and you're directing like the voice and it's a lot easier for you because if you're directing like the animation, you can make it as exact as you want it to be. Yeah. Getting people to do like their performance is a bit different it's like a you're working in concert with them yeah so it's probably a bit of a learning curve with that I think you're, I, what I'm you're saying is like, right he is more fated to be the Kevin Feige yeah, of just Star like Wars yeah in a position where he gets like to have that control and he is the what the point the of, of the head. he understands that sure very well of just Star Wars like he shouldn't be head of Lucasfilm no, like Kathleen Kennedy is he's not like a bitch he should man. just he be just, Star like, Wars be the high, I think he should just be at like, the highest point on their story group level yeah 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 and like he's the one who gets to like if you write a script for Star Wars, you have to give Dave Filoni. Yeah, yeah, he has to pass Or, that. like, if you're going to make a Star Wars thing, Dave will maybe be on the set. Mm. Or maybe, like, an exec producer or something. Yeah. Like, right, okay, we want the Grand Inquisitor. Well, obviously, we're going to get Oscar, uh, Oscar Isaac. Mm. We're going to get Jason Isaacson. Yeah. Because he is a great physical actor and he's mm. the voice and, yeah. Yeah. 
stuff like that. And I, that's why that's why I don't want to hero worship it. I don't believe like let Dave only make everything he wants. Do a live action Clone Wars? No. Like I, that's a fun idea and concept, but mm. no, don't actually do that. Especially if it's Dave, because right now he has to learn. But like I, I do think if Dave had a, someone like Dave had more of a hand in it. But then mm. I, I don't want to disservice like Deborah Chow. Deborah Chow's like great at her job. I just. Mm. The problem's more Obi Wan as itself was mm. that much of a pot of issues. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's say Deborah Chow was left alone, mm. like in the sense of like Tony Gilroy was. Let's say Deborah yeah. Chow was like, because like take Deborah Chow on a singular basis, like mm. she's directed some of the best episodes of The Mandalorian. Mm. So like in my head, I'm like she probably could have easily bodied that. So yeah, I don't think it was maybe she made a mistake or two, but I don't think her actions led to like the problems. Right. right. Although then I have to like for example like I know it's a very thin thing to narrow in on, but the weird different Grand Inquisitor like whose fault was that did no one say Jason Isaacs because Jason Isaacs right. has been publicly like I'll I'm here yeah. I'll do it mm. like I don't think he's ever commented on it after the fact mm. I think he said he was fine with it like yeah, yeah whatever like Rupert was fine Like and then it's not his decision but. yeah but yeah it's one of those I'm like Ugh. but then it, it becomes a matter of like like everything that happens in Obi-Wan technically shows that they had the ideas it's just not developed well enough mm. so I don't think Dave would have helped that because it, the ideas are because it's there. already too far it's along it's just it needs better writing and more time and more budget mm. that's there's production elements that I think are, are hindering it right. everything that was in Obi-Wan shows me that they it, they could have pushed it further and did better right. fucking give it two more episodes and like a, a bunch more money give it some space like and then I, I guarantee one would have been like top level right because that's the biggest thing. I had not enough time to do too much, but everything that was there was interesting enough. It, it clearly mm. had a, a direction and a good idea. Okay. It just was, it was shuttered too much by production. And then we'd need to figure out whose fault that is. Do you know what I mean? Like, who really do we blame for that? Oh, man, I, don't, I do not know. In the end, it would probably be Catholic again because she is the highest she, in the end. She has to front the blame because, yeah, yeah she is, like, the top. Her, the and you'd have to ask Deborah because she is the showrunner. And you'd be like, what happened but then, to like, What is going on? Tell me. I wonder, like, no offence to them, I wonder if Hayden and Ewan did ask for that much of a premium. I, th- I doubt it. I mean, Ewan McGregor would have. Ewan, he would have. I Ewan McGregor, but he really likes to charge a lot of money for he his would've. time. I doubt Hayden would have been. He's. I don't think he's working a lot, so I doubt he would have been That's a true. lot of money. Well, Hayden, they were able to fit Hayden snugly in Ahsoka, and that doesn't seem to have really hampered the budget. Although, Tell I don't me. know, Ahsoka's its own buying the ones that I want to talk about when it's done. Yeah, Ewan might have asked for a bit a lot of money and they had to spend a lot on that so they had to fuck about but then the volume as well like, do you think it's like they were like forcing the volume they were like the volume's great it'll save you money fucking use the volume well I guess and it's their own well it's cheaper for them I guess than uh, else, so why wouldn't you use it it costs more probably to go to location like it probably does, does uh, it makes sense the problem is the volumes like can be good so it's more a shame when it's not well yeah exactly like when Mandalorian pioneered it it looked fantastic it was insane it was amazing exactly so I don't know it's maybe just like well, Favreau and Filoni seem to have more of a handle on it Aye. than anyone else because I guess they are the first to use it and have spent the most time with it. Do you know what would be interesting? To go see Deborah Chow's episodes, I know mm. she didn't direct all of one, I'm pretty sure, but still she was sure of that. To go see her episodes of Mandalorian and mm. see if they use the volume and see how she personally utilises it. Yeah. Because obviously if she can utilise it well, surely she you'd think she would mm. have a bit more handle yeah. on it. Like, but, how she, did the- but if like you're saying she is just the showrunner, mm. she's the, the Tony Gilroy, she's not Maybe she's not the one storyboarding this episode. She's not the one setting up the camera here, here, here. We're Maybe not, not exactly, that. but as a showrunner, you should have the ability to be like, look... I think like, it would work better this way. Aye. Do this. Well, how did that, that Jabim shot happen? How did they get away with just such a visually fake shot? I don't know, bro. Whose fault is that? Because you know that the, like Deborah Chow surely knows well enough. 
Was mm. she just off that day? I need to see who did that. Like, was it just because of a budget thing? Or like, literally, this is the best yeah. thing we can do at the moment. Mm. It's the quickest thing we can get there. We are time sloppy edit. We mean we know Disney have like edited the movie when it's been up on Disney Plus, and it's turned out different later. Literally, so it could have been something like that. And I, just I was saying, editing's not been there. Time Disney are terrible for their time. They literally are like, no, you need to make this now. Yeah, and it's like, bro, just give your fucking people like another yep. like f- fucking couple and of months. Bro. All the editors are working themselves into oblivion. Like so. literally, those guys are unionizing. Oh. Damn, man. But do you know what? We'll end it on a high note. Oh. Because we do have one more thing to talk about in the original trilogy era. Oh, we talking about it here? I don't I know if it was here in the sequels. Star Wars Rebels? Yeah. The thing that has Darth Vader in it? I guess. Yeah, wouldn't it be here? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Where's Blood Wolfling? Bro, Blood's... Oh, Blood's with you, man. Okay, so Rebels. So I've not seen all of Rebels. Um, I've seen, honestly all of it almost like I'm on the last season I'm sure okay. after explaining to you where I was but I can't remember a lot of it you know because I, I can't remember nothing I don't know what actual breakfast earlier definitely yes I enjoyed when I sat down I sat down I think it was last Christmas or Christmas and I, and I watched like the first bit on Christmas day and then I was just like going through it and then I fell off somewhere but I really enjoyed what I did see I didn't enjoy it as much as Clone Wars but I think I don't know I just feel I just enjoy the vastness of Clone Wars and okay. like how it can be very different each episode, and how each arc can be like we're focusing on fucking uh, Kefisto as an example. You don't really focus on Kefisto mm-hmm. much, but you can focus on a different guy and then jump back to the main kind of character. Like you Jar Jar's pretends to be a Jedi in this arc, and then he's exactly. like the Siege of Ryloth and another, and like exactly. I mean, Rebels just have episodes like that, like where like in season one we go and do the the like flight heist. Uh, we see the like tie sneak fight, in, yep. flight, which people think that is like cool the worst stuff. episode of the whole show. I quite enjoyed that. So like we do cool stuff like that, and then the overarching story comes in kind of as we go, and uh and I really enjoyed it on a whole. Honestly, the more kind of mystical stuff went a bit over my head. Like when yeah. when they're in Ryloth, it's Ryloth, isn't it? It depends what Lothal, you're about to say. Lothal, Lothal. When in Lothal, that's the, the home planet, right? Yes. Aye, and they go to like, the Jedi Temple and having like Kanan's having the visions with the guard, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then they go. Is that when they go to the world between the worlds? So apparently, technically, it is like like when you no, see Yoda. Like, I mean, but if you mean when they actually go go, that's, that's a different episode. Much later on, it's the end of season yeah, four. Yeah, right. Have you even seen that episode? Then, if you've not watched all the I've way seen through, that episode definitely. Okay. Just that's the end of season four. It's, like a, it's literally like the second sure? last, third last you episode. Sure, it's not episode season three. Bro, I just rewatched it. Sure it's literally the third last episode of the show. That one, I've, I've not seen an episode. Of it's a world between worlds. Then it's uh fucking the one where he gets everyone together, and then it's the finale. Okay, well, I've definitely not seen an episode then, which is wild to me. I thought I'd seen an episode. <laughs> but, uh, you ever just watched that much of like bits of it? Maybe I seen the clip when it when I happened in a soak, obviously. I don't really know much. Yeah, a lot of that stuff kind of went over my head just because I don't know, I think I was a bit out of touch with it. Like, I haven't seen a lot of Star Wars content before that, really. Okay. And then I just was like, oh, jump, jump into Rebels. Yeah, we're fine. I was like, getting Rebels, more right? into it, you know, as we go. I really liked um, Zeb's cool stuff. Okay. With his whole planet. When he, when he fires back, that's awesome. We love Gary Zeb. We love Zeb, the boy. Kanan was cool. You'd need to speak more about the art because I cannot remember really what's going on. He just seems like a cool Jedi guy who <laughs> maybe loses his eyes at some point, right? And then start speaking to a planet or something. I don't know. Start speaking to Doctor Who. Yeah, literally. Um, which is cool. Then we start training Sabine. She sucks ass. You know, can't handle that dark saber, bro. Um, then she meets her mum. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> they don't like her very much. <laughs> Bloods, Bloods just remembering the events of season well, three. Literally. Uh, Bo Katan shows up. Love to see it. She's That's season four. Yeah, I know. She's the rightful holder of the Darksaber. The nuke goes off. Oppenheimer, we are here. 
Then oh I shit. Think, then I think that's what. We're no. talking about Mandalorian? Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, fuck. He gaslit me into Mandalorian season Jokes, three. jokes, jokes. Uh, I think that's what I got to. They dropped the nook after the rescue scene, I'm sure. On Mandalore. They don't nook Mandalore. Right, they nook somewhere then. Like a desert planet. They drop a nook somewhere, bro. They do, don't they? Who drops a nook? Uh, someone. I can't remember, bro. There's a big bomb goes off. And like, it's like a dust panny planet. Well, that's Mandalore. If you're if Bo-Katan's the first episode of season four are on Mandalore, bro, the, it's like there's a big like bomb goes off. Floor. Do you remember this big bomb towards the end of this, the show? There's a big fucking bomb goes off. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you don't remember this, bro. It's so clear in my head. <laughs> right, these there's are the events preceding bomb. Ezra rescues Sabine from like a wee truck carrier thing with like some people, and then a bomb goes off like shortly thereafter. In an episode, maybe it's in that episode. Oh. Right, Are you with you're me? not talking. Right, so it's not a bomb; it's a big fucking electroshock. Right, I thought it was. So like a it, they rescue Sabine's da right. for a convoy, okay. and then on the other side, like a bridge, they deploy this weapon that Sabine designed, like basically by accident. She's right. like, oh, I've designed this weapon that happens to kill Mandalorians. Oh shit, they're turning it on Mandalorians, and it's like a big machine that targets Beskar and fucking fries, like, people wearing Beskar. Right. So the Imperials turn it on a bunch of Mandalorians, and it just fucking nukes the Mandalorians, but not, like, it's not, like, an actual explosion. Right, okay. But it's a big, like, fucking, like, zap. Aye. Okay, right. that's where, that's so where that thinking, stopped. Because they literally nuke Mandalore, like, that's what Book of Boba Fett's about. Yeah, yeah. And I thought you were talking, like, an we're, Oppenheimer. We actually do nuke it, you boys. were talking about, like, one of those cartoon bombs where, like, long fuses, like, oh, no, the bomb's gonna go off. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Aye, right, so that's that's the last thing I remember seeing. So good, last thing you watched was Heroes of Mandalore Part 1, which is literally the first episode of Season 4. So there you go, I could have just finished it right there. You there, literally but, could have, there was only like 15 didn't. other episodes. But I was like, ah, fuck this shit, I'm over, you know. Start. Fucking Jokes. peace out, I'm going to watch Clone Wars. I think I've already watched Clone Wars, man. Probably would watch it again, you fucking whore. Oh, I fucking love Clone Wars so much, man. Clone Wars is great. Um, aye, so like, what, what's your, what's your taking it? Like, I really enjoyed it, I, I need to just finish it though. Mm. I need to rewatch it and enjoy you it more. You do need to finish it, I wouldn't like impose it upon you, I just would say you should finish it because obviously it's just great. And like, mm. so It's I, your favourite. Rebels is is my favourite animated one, definitely. Much more than like, okay, not much, much more than Clone Wars. I, Clone Wars is great, I haven't just rewatched all of them. Mm. Like, Clone Wars is fantastic, but no, above like, Clone Wars, Bad Batch, Resistance, all that, Rebels, absolutely. Rebels is, again, higher than most other Star Wars things. Mm. I, I would pretty much put, you've got Last Jedi, uh, and I'm basically spoiling the sequel episode. Like, yeah, Last Jedi is my favourite movie, let's just say it now, because you got to you got to lay the groundwork for that. People got to be prepared you gotta, you got to get ready. Last Jedi, Andor, and Rebels. I think Last Jedi would be a separate episode on the sequel trilogy. God, I them. <laughs> That one, I'm just fighting the battle. Not even against you. You just, just have like a list yes. of like Last Jedi. This is like the people versus you and the Last Jedi. You literally, you're going to have a list of like things that people don't like about it. You're going to throw them in. I'm going to bat them away. Like, no, here's an explanation of that. Here's why you're wrong. Uh, last Jedi and or Rebels are my, my trio. That's mm. my Star Wars. Mm. I think Rebels is absolutely fantastic. Weirdly enough, for the inverse of the reasons of you. Like, sort of talk about, so you talk about how you like about how Clone Wars is all over the shop a wee bit and it's like quite diverse. Right? Aye, aye. I you just personally, like the focus. I yep. I personally prefer much more streamlined focus than that because mm-hmm. what what the thing about Clone Wars is is Clone Wars is. I mean, I would say overall I enjoy that too. No, I'm not but, saying I'm not disagreeing. No, I know, I know, but I'm just saying like I, I don't know why it is. I just prefer the format in Star Wars for some reason. That's fair. I mean, it's also the problem is the context. The thing about Clone Wars is it's dealing with people we know. Aye. Like movie characters. So the pr- thing about Clone Wars is there's not a lot of like markedly long running character development. Mm. 
Characters do shift, but it's sort of just a consequence of things that happen. The only ones who really do are like Ahsoka and Rex, because that's their thing. Yeah. Anakin obviously gets progressively more hostile. But the problem is, we knew that happened. Clone mm-hmm. Wars just shows it. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. It's just like, yeah, Clone Wars can afford to jump about, because admittedly, we all know what's going to happen. Yeah. And we know what these things are going to mean down the line. Mm-hmm. So Clone Wars doesn't need to get bogged down in the miasma of it. it all Clone Wars needs to do is show and in detail and flesh out mm. um rebels meanwhile is like its own story it's got its own set of characters so it's like no this one's focused we're not going to jump about as much we're going to have this group of this unit of characters who are going to be constantly moving in like a direction and they're all going to have their own things mm. and rebels really beautifully gives each character their own time in every season to like develop a bit some more than other times like zeb doesn't really get as much effort in season one but then season two he gets like literally some of the best episodes of the whole show mm. I, I, the, the honorable ones which is the one where zeb gets trapped on the ice moon with, Agent with the Callus, boy Callus, one of the imperial officers who's like has his own little arc chad Callus. that's like one of my favorite episodes of the whole show mm. oh, it's such a beautiful story of fair and family like mm. it's having recently watched it they really emphasize the bond of these people and the strength of like their affection for each other the amount that they all care collectively mm. about each other right. and how important that is to them and it really it focuses again like on the oppression of the empire how it sort of affects the world how people can do good about it the importance of standing up the importance mm. of like belief in greater goods and that but then it also complicates it has interpersonal struggles each character reacts to things differently based on their own impression and stuff their arcs are all quite like really interesting so you've got like Ezra is like the orphan boy feels abandoned by the world growing to like love again growing to like understand the importance of family becoming a Jedi and the the genuine tra- traditional Star Wars path of learning to be a selfless hero like a Jedi damn man you, I asked, you said to me about Kanan so Kanan is damn. more the Chad Kanan Kanan is probably my favourite Jedi damn he's literally one of the be- like everyone's like Ahsoka's like the model Jedi whoa Ahsoka's not. Ahsoka is no Jedi. She's Whoa. her own force-using powerful being. Kanan is the model Jedi. Whoa. Kanan is like, objectively, like, he, I don't know, he, he's kind of what I think a Jedi should be. Maybe Ahsoka is the idealizer of a Jedi, but Kanan is what I think a Jedi should be. Damn, man. Who's like, he's like, deeply emotional. Is, is Kanan just more Qui-Gon? Yes. Right. Kanan's like, he is emotional, he has ties, and he obviously is careful to maybe not get too invested, but he still allows himself to have love and emotion. But right. he, he is smart about not allowing it to take him in the wrong places. He doesn't let it control him. It does have sparks of, like, mad anger, right? He's got a bit of anger moments. It, it, Kanan's biggest fault in the whole show is his, his anxieties. It's his constant fear of what will happen to the Man, people around him. What happened to Anakin, bro? Pretty much. And that's why Kanan's so cool because we watch him struggle with them but kind of take the path that we wish Anakin had took mm. where he would like talk to people and share in love and affection. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, and grow past them and through actual engaging with people and through growing and learning he sort of goes past it. Right. Uh, he has like, he's constantly sort of fearful about Ezra. Like, how will, will I be able to train Ezra enough? Am I good enough? Because it's based on his own self-doubts about him not ending his training, him losing mm. his master in Order 66 and that. Um, And then he goes through like, once he's like, maybe I could train Ezra, but like, am I doing it right? Like, Ezra starts to dabble with the dark side. How does that make Kanan feel as mm. a master? Mm. And how does that make Ezra feel as someone like, reflecting his relationship with Kanan and that? Hera is like, the, the rebellion one. She's the caring one, the motherly one. She's the one who's like, the most diehard, like, I am 
for the people i'm wanting to do the right thing for the mm. good of the galaxy yeah. but then how does that conflict with like how our family and that feels what does she want out of things how does she relate to like her own like a relationship with her dad who's like a rebel but he's like he's like kind of fucking hates the rebellion and shit or like chan's like a weird one there's a couple of great episodes about her and her dad and like how do they personally relate to like each other in the world beyond themselves zeb again he's the least focused one zeb but he gets a couple of just great episodes about like addressing him as like an honorable warrior you know his relationship to species like he's experienced great tragedies past they've all experienced great tragedy the to be fair. that defines them and then Sabine it's kind of fun to talk about Sabine because she's honestly still ongoing Sabine sort of like having to deal with her like isolation from her family because she, she invented terrible weapons in the past eventually being literally forced to address it she sort of avoids it until the dark saber is put in front of her and mm. they're like you need to talk to your family you need to like re-engage with your culture <sighs> And then, as I say, that's now still ongoing in Ahsoka, so I almost feel like I can't fully talk about that. Right. But what Rebels does with it and showing her, like, again, conquering her sort of fears and either re-engaging her family on their ground, on her own ground, her being like, no, this is where I am, this is who I am. Like, each character is very well defined. Also, and Chopper's in, he commits war crimes. He's killed countless people. Well, yeah, but, you know, we can gloss over him. He's the, that's my favourite droid as well. Chopper's my favourite <laughs> droid in Star Wars. Every character has a very clear arc. There is no mincing it you know what they're doing where they're going it's maybe annoying because sometimes they're less focused than other times but like when it turns around it's like right this is a Zeb episode mm -hmm. you are very much given here's who Zeb is and what he's about and why you should care about that and you're like yeah I do care about that actually I actually do care about Zeb oh my god Zeb's look really cool I'm I, 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 it's so again it's the linear narrative thing which I'm not saying I don't like clothes, I'm just really happy to have a story that's, it still branch out, each, a lot of episodes of Rebels are like, the crew go off and do a wacky mission, oh, yeah. but then they immediately tie that back, and like, how does that affect the current situation, mm -hmm. not everything does, the TIE Fighter episode you're talking about, again, a lot of people malign that, because it is kind of like, it's kind of just, the, the it's only episode four, to be fair, Yeah. so you don't need too much, of it, but it's ultimately just the, the main thing that happens in that episode is like, Ezra and Zeb start to get along more, like, they become a bit more pally, and they, they get a fruit Besties. for Hera. Technically, the biggest thing that happens in the episode is they steal the TIE Fighter, because that comes back later. Mm. To be fair, there's three two separate things that are at least actually relevant. Like, Ezra and Zeb now, from this point on, are like not as hostile as used to be. The relationship is growing. And the TIE Fighter is actually relevant later. Every episode does actually feel, like, relevant. Even the most thrilling ones have always got something going on that makes an implicitly important statement about where the characters are at this moment and how they're developing. Mm -hmm. And they even will also occasionally drop in, like, a little, like, concrete narrative through line. Damn. It's, it's really, really strong of story. Really strong of character. It's long, so there's some things that go up and down. It's not like, I think in terms of raw quality, Andor's better, but that's because Andor is like a really fucking tight-knit, focused show right. with really explicit stuff, whereas Rebels is like a kid's cartoon, mm. so it's going to have a, it's going to have to stretch its runtime and it's going to have to have like more funny moments than that in it. Right. But then as I say, Rebels, out of all the shows, is the one that does make the most use of it. There isn't really any superfluous episodes. Even the most fillery stuff, I and mean, there's one episode that's literally just like Ezra dicks about with Hondo on a ship, and like a lot of people malign that episode because like nothing happens in it. But like, technically, it's when Ezra finally has an emotional moment that, to grapple with his opinion on Hondo and like how Ezra wants to be as a person going forward. Mm. And also the Rebels end up acquiring armaments that are kind of important later. So it's like, again, even the most fillery has the lightest amount of like, this is relevant to the puzzle another piece of the puzzle went in i'm sorry it was literally one part of the puzzle went in on this episode mm. as opposed to a full corner but it's more than it was yesterday right i really like the art style but it's definitely hard to get into especially as like a clone wars person and like clone wars especially by the end of it gets so good mm. so when they move to rebels and everything's kind of rough at the start right and rebels does admittedly never quite 
fully shake off the roughness in the way that Clone Wars did. Right. But it's I think it still stays good. I think it's um it's Ralph McCoy's bad. I said that earlier. They take so much with Ralph and it's to great effect. I think the only thing is proportionizing. Some faces are weirdly elongated and like, mm. like Darth Vader and the Stormtroopers are a bit too long. Right. But contrary to that though, a bunch like the, a lot of the designs like the ships, the weapons, the vehicles, the aliens, they're all drawn directly from like the fucking design documents for Star Wars. <laughs> they're as pure as you can get. Right. The sound design is great. The lightsaber combat's great because it is that mix between like prequel era, like everyone's moving their lightsabers all the time, and like more modern movies, like it does have like more. You can see what they're doing, mm. and there's a bit more purpose to the movements, and they also like to infuse a bit of emotion into quite a lot of them. It's not perfect all the time. There's a lot of times it's just Kanan and Ezra fighting Inquisitor. The music's really, really good. It's Kevin Kiner who did the Clone Wars. We never talk about the music in Clone Wars, but like Kevin Kiner who's done Clone Wars, Rebels, and Ahsoka now is so good. Like a lot, of, but Rebels is really great for its themes. Clone Wars is good in general. Mm. Rebels is probably better because it has themes like Ahsoka's fixed theme and like the themes for like Ezra and Sabine and Kanan and, and like the Imperial theme, Grand Admiral Thrawn's theme when they eventually introduce him. Mm. And let's talk about that. I mean, so reintroducing Grand Admiral Thrawn, drawing him out of canon, be like he's back. This is Thrawn probably was the biggest loss. When they decarize the legends, everyone was like, but what about Thrawn? What about Heir of the Empire? Because that was literally the coolest thing that they've ever done. <laughs> right. So to have Thrawn back was so good. Large Megazone is so great. That voice is like insane. And um, like, I mean, this is maybe a spoiler for you because you've not seen the episode well enough, but like he cements himself in live action immediately. Like mm. you, the one shot of him in the trailer is about like, mm, do I like that? No, oh, he's, he's the grim. Like the voice, the actions, the movements, Large is literally perfect as a live action <laughs> one as well. But yeah, he's... Um, Why would you doubt that? <laughs> I wouldn't doubt that. I mean, I, I, I guess I would because you're translating a, a, a not real character to a real medium. Mm. And that's something we'll probably talk about when Ahsoka's done. And maybe when we get to like Mandalorian, that like there's there's a lot to be said about the the way that they've went about translating things to live action. So I like never doubted like Lars. Obviously, it was just more like there's a thing to be said about translating, and we'll talk about it more when we get to like Mandalorian and that like hmm. translating animated characters and book characters and all that to live action. And I don't they've been up and down on it. You know, okay. I get I've got opinions, but Thrawn at least ended up good. Right. But in the terms of Rebels, I think he was really great. As someone who sort of knows about the book stuff, you've said it, I'm a Thrawn guy. I, I don't know anything about that. Thrawn. Apart from he was like the ruler of a race or something. I don't know. He built it up. A, I think you're maybe talking about the, the Nogri, where like he basically, right. the Nogri were like in service to the Empire, I think, and he basically showed up. He's like, give me one as your bodyguard and I'll oppress the hell out of you and you will serve me. Right. I'm a bunch of assassins. <laughs> he has like a clone army as well. Right. The books are a bit weird. There's an old man where like, really long hair who's like a clone of another old man or something but the Thrawn is just a great villain because he's cold and calculating and ruthless yeah and Rebels does actually capture that decently in my mind yeah like when he uh, when he gets Hera's like family ornament and like fully understands it's like place and stuff and how that like it's history allows him to then beat them in that instance. yeah exactly like, by him knowing that art and history is there like, well obviously you're like the person I'm looking for because you wouldn't care about this yeah and that's like a very microcosm just shows how effective and good he is mm, yeah I've seen people complain he's kind of a bit like not great as great in that but the problem with the books is you get to hear his that I'm talking you get to hear his um a monologue yeah and that explains it more yeah. and that's when he's having to talk it out loud uh-huh. so some of it sounds a bit rudimentary and I suppose some of the inferences he makes and like Rebels and that are more surface level than the books the, like the Air of the Empire stuff goes in like he does some right. fucking wacky stuff in that but um I would rather it wasn't depicted as like a full superpower because then it just seems like ridiculous <laughs> in Rebels it's just more like I'm smart enough to care to look at art and culture and that mm. and now as a result I've been able to see things that technically are quite obvious 
but you people are too dense. Like, and that's good because it shows the Empire's like, well, the Empire is like too pig-headed and like close-minded whereas Throne is like such a, a dichotomy. I just hope they continue to like do it. You well, know I think I mean? if anyone could do it, it would be Dave who's seen it through from the beginning to now. I would hope so, yeah. And in the newest episode of Ahsoka, like, there is like a sort of Thrawn doing things moment and mm. he does sort of do his classic like well here's why I did this right. some people have complained about it I don't agree with the complaint it just as classic Thrawn's like I'm doing this for this reason and like actually I have a plan that will involve this Right. so I'm kind of like hoping as we go into like the last episode and like the movie or whatever they want to do with him like he's more like obviously like oh I, I like I'm going to study this one statue which is going to tell me this about them which is going to lead me to do this because I know they're going to do this the, bo- the books are quite good to be fair the Timothy's on original trilogy and the new trilogy like the okay. new canon trilogy they're like fantastic for that I really 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 enjoy like the first Throne book just called Throne mm. it's got a series of just Throne and his pal there's this guy called Eli with him and they go to like a planet and just deal with a thing and it's always like Throne deduced this because of that and he looked at like weather patterns because of like cultural migrations and like there's one bit okay. there is literally whoa, whoa. one bit where he literally like there's a border dispute because of like well actually like grass levels are here and I know like cultural borders are here and like they're actually secretly strip mining or something like that it's like oh fucking God. so good but it, he's good enough in Rebels especially because Rebels again is like a kid's show right which that's the hardest pill to swallow is so Rebels was the first Disney one yeah Home Wars wasn't Disney until Aye. season 7 but then even then it was still edgy and adult mm. enough mm. Rebels started as a thing and you can feel it's yeah. a Disney thing at the start yeah Right. Because there's just a lot more like ha silly goofy funny faces. Oh, he, he. Not as bad as Resistance, which right. I do like Resistance, but the first two episodes of Resistance are like, oh my god, this is like literally Chuckle Vision. This is literally <laughs> like Lauren Hardy, like right. Cass keeps like falling in his face and it's stupid. <sighs> but Rebels um, is definitely a lot more like yeah, like, yeah, it's a bit silly. Although like Clone Wars obviously develops quite rapidly. By mm. season three, you've obviously got like really great, engaging, deep narratives. I, I really can't it's hard to really quantify, especially because I've already... I think a lot of stuff I said about Andor applies anyway. But right. it's the same way I can't quantify that. It's just so strong at telling a focused narrative with long-reaching thematic weight, mm. emotional weight, personal character struggles, multiple intertwining but still functioning character struggles, and then obviously just having a great narrative through line with, like, we know where we're going, what we're doing, and there are, like, goals and accomplishments, and there are, like, mountains to overcome, like the Inquisitors, Maul... And then eventually, like, the, the liberation of the planet. And that's, like, a fixed stakes thing. Right. But it's independent of the others. That's another thing about it. Like, you know, technically, it's going to end up with, like, a rebellion and the Death Star and all that shit. Mm. But the the actual struggle that takes place throughout Season 4 and the end of Rebels is, like, the we're specifically trying to liberate one planet. Yeah. And that has its own stakes related to the characters on that planet. And you technically don't necessarily know how that's going to go. I'm like, okay, I know the Empire are going to get defeated. But, like, to be fair, how does Lothal end up? So them being folks on that planet and then making the effort to live with that, you feel that they've accomplished something of consequence. Right. Both in the world space and, and also for their own personal development. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's it just fires on all cylinders all at once. And I think it really has personal preference well. for that versus Comores. Okay. Because I think I just prefer like Thrawn and I, I like a lot of the stuff that like the Imperial iconography and that. I mean I like the clones a lot, but I like the clones in like a, a like a clones are cool, man. I fucking love the clones. I like the Empire. I love the like, clones too. I love what the Empire actually represents and the thematic right. stuff in that. Right. Although I do like the stories they tell with the clones, but that's just like a whole other thing. I could sit and talk about just iconography and symbolism and all that. The Damn. point is, I just personally have a, a... I find myself more drawn towards stories based on the Imperial era for how they use the Empire in terms of the storytelling. Right. I said like I've got a blocked nose all of a sudden. Do you hear that? A wee bit, aye. My God, bro. You okay? I'm just getting a cold. 
I just talk so long. Oh man. Oh, um, I just like that symbolism more. Right. And I like like Thrawn, and I like like really just all the characters. Kanan, as I say, is just so great at like having like emotional growth Damn. and being like a noble warrior hero and like going out for his friends. I really like all the characters. Yeah, Damn, man. that's pretty much it. It's so just, I need to rewatch and finish it. I think you should finish it. I don't need you to like it as much as I do, or well, any more than Clone Wars. But I, I doubt I will. I doubt you will as well because I just I just love Clone Wars that much. Yeah, you're like literally here for but, it to the end. And I I think rewatching it with my partner, like mm. with me and Rebecca, we loved it. Like it was like, oh yeah. shit, Clone Wars is just great. But Rebels is good too. Yeah, I just Rebels it slaps. Speak, Rebels speaks to my sensibilities yeah. more. Of course, I need to finish it because. Uh, with Ahsoka right now and it's no no doubt gonna more things from it will be drawn on later mm-hmm. as we continue that story uh, yeah at this point I'm surprised if you're watching Ahsoka and you don't understand the ending of Rebels it's gonna get it's more and more like, like well now it will because we've went we've now like explained a bit past what happened in Rebels now right yes yeah so like I'd need to probably do it now yeah <laughs> and characters are popping up and concepts are popping up and it's like oh yeah remember Rebels and it's like why well, didn't watch Rebels so what? Watch Rebel. why am I here so I don't know how a lot of people are insisting that Ahsoka is like good at like telling like, people what Rebel season 5 I don't know if I agree with that yeah I think it's easier to look at the Rebel season 5 like watch Rebels and yeah. then watch Ahsoka yeah well makes sense watching Ahsoka without watching Rebels I just don't know how they know what's going on <laughs> When they tell you about like Ezra and Sabine and all these characters, I'm like, how mm. do they quantify the importance of these characters? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I watch Rebels, I love Rebels, so I'm like, yeah, I fucking <laughs> love these guys. Let's go. <laughs> Holy shit, where's Zeb? Where's Callus? Where's like Visago? Where's Fondo? I don't know, bro. Dead. Uh, They're all dead. He's not dead. There's no way nah, he's dead. He's in, he's in the park. He can't die. He is in the park, actually. He's fated to survive. <laughs> right, I think that's us. That is us. I think we could wrap it up there. We um, it's a sort of a roller coaster. I mean, you look at the originals. Absolutely, yeah. You really, you start obviously. Will, with you, will you see if, that it's the most expanded part of the of mm, the entire series? There's so so much to talk about. Yeah. I mean, that, this is. I feel like as long as we've talked mm. and for the stuff we've done, we're still holding ourselves short. I think that's probably more yeah. Talking about. Look, eventually the sequels and past will become the most like the deepest and the most explored version. But for now, this is the biggest chunk we have. Yeah. Again, it's just a matter of the popularity. And to be fair, this will carry on through the sequel trilogy. And that, yeah. Like, obviously, like we don't like, forget it. We actually just continue this stuff again. Mm-hmm. It's like when you get to like Mandalorian and that, and like Luke Skywalker is still there and he's still like the coolest guy yeah. ever and we all love him. Yeah. And like Han, Han Solo is still like about and Leia is still like, that, this will carry on. But that's obviously its own thing for those movies. At this mm-hmm. point, it's like, yeah, it's the most familiar and they will make it the most familiar by constantly building upon it layer yeah. by layer. Yeah. Uh, I do hope eventually, yeah, it, it becomes more balanced. I think we're getting to a point of interest like that. Like, Dave Filoni's movie is going to be, like, technically sequel era because it's, like, post-Mandalorian. Yeah, but it's not going to have, like, any of that stuff. Yeah. Like, it won't, like, look, look might show up. Look might show up. It's not his story, really. Mm-hmm. It's going to be more about, like, Ahsoka and Throne and, like, Ex- Exactly, yeah. Things. We're going to do, like, more High Republic stuff. We're going to do, like, yeah. past episode nine. So I hope, like, this is the keep this rhythm going. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can chuck another, like, they're, they're always going to chuck more original trailer things. And games are a big era. Yeah. Like, we're skipping talking about games. I would love to, but I know much more about the games than you do. I think. I've only played one of them. You so. played Fallen Order. You didn't like Fallen Order. That much? Well, I, I like like the the gameplay is more my issue with it. Right, like the kind of like repetitive exploring of the the planets. That I didn't really like the like Metroidvania esque of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like that as much as the this the simple Souls gameplay. Mm-hmm. And the story was fine. I just like I couldn't engage with it as much as I liked it. Aye. Well, like, that's the thing. You actually, you're exposure, whereas I'm like, I fucking love Fallen Order and yeah. I've played and love Survivor. That new game, Outlaws, is technically set during this time period. It's set, right. I that one, I'm, I'm more interested in that one because it's like, it's like, far like as it's much like as, uh, as much as I like, like the kind of 
uh, Jedi lightsaber kind of fight combat stuff, I'd probably enjoy a gameplay side more of that kind of way. Right, I get that, yeah. We'll see how it goes. We might turn back around. And there's like games all over the place when we talk about it, but that maybe would be best served as its own episode. Maybe, yeah. But yeah, they just keep pounding it. Out. The comics keep coming out, the books keep coming out. I do, yeah, I do hope they, we keep the momentum we're going there now mm-hmm. and try to avoid bloating it too much because there was a period where I was a bit sick of it. Right. I'm about like fucking, like, I get it, right? Do you know what's cool? Star Wars and yeah. Empire Strikes Back, like Luke but Skywalker like, and that. Don't worry, you. Bob Iger's tightening the purse straps. We'll be fine. Oh, God, Bob Iger just like, decided <laughs> Star Wars fucking sucks and Marvel sucks and... That makes money. All of all of the goodwill that Disney has as a company also sucks apparently, so we'll chuck that <laughs> out of the window. At least the writers got a good deal. At least they can write now. Shout out to the Writers Guild. Uh, okay. Tony Gilroy can get his ass back oh, in the fucking kitchen. No. Give me Andor season two <laughs> now. Imagine it sucks. How funny there is that There's no way it could suck, bro. It can't suck, no. It L- might not like, be as good as one, but it can suck. Much like the banks, it's too big to fail. Damn. That's what they said about the banks. That's what they said about that. Holy shit, the housing crisis. The housing market can't crash. It's oh, the most bro. stable market on the planet. We got some fucking... I got some hot takes watch the, the big shot. The government. Like, watch the big shot. Watch Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> I don't really know any other movies. I need to watch the big shot, to be fair. Oh, you should, it's great. Watch the big Lebowski. Watch. I've not seen it, but watch that, yes. What's the other? Yes. Yo, Spotlight. Watch Spotlight. Watch Spotlight. I fucking love Spotlight. You love, you've talked about Spotlight. Like, I need to watch Spotlight. Oh wow, so good. Watch all these things that aren't Star Wars. Yes. But, but do you know what? Could probably be found on Disney Plus. You'd be yes. surprised. Big Lebowski is on Disney Plus, I'm pretty sure. I think Spotlight, Spotlight is, is, is as well, eh? Yeah, it is, eh? It's Fox, I think, yeah. I mean, even if it was Fox, like, Disney just seem Look at fucking. They've Bleach. just got it. Thousand Year Blood War. Yeah. Australian Disney Plus has JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Did you know that? That's wild. Oh, I don't know about that. They're getting, they're getting Doctor Who. They've got streaming rights to Doctor Who outside of the UK. What? Motherfucking Americans are going to go to, like, Disney Plus to watch Doctor Who. That's, that's blasphemous. What a world. Understand. What a world. This is what you fri- you want me about this. What a picture. This is Disney's fucking monopoly. Disney's corporate takeover of your eyes. My soul at this The point. world. You see how much fucking Star Wars shites in this room? So it's a lot. You think I've not already lost? Have I not given enough? What did it cost you? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> oh. And there it is. That was a good was. one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were doing sex in the city again. And just like that. <laughs> just so I keep saying that I won. So you were going like for that. it, bro. Game is famously like never watched sex in the city, but I think it literally is just Samantha for sex in the city. I'm just her. Oh my god. My god. Uh, uh, thanks for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll catch you in another it. one. Yes, soon. We'll be working on, we'll work on a, a, wee, a wee sequel one. Oh. Uh, which will be eight parts because be eight parts we'll all just be talking about the last uh, Jedi and we'll talk about the last fire and blood blood will you be shed castrate me live on, on tape oh. oh goodness my god have a good night folks goodbye see you later Graham bye Ian. bye bye Scenes is a fan created podcast we have no affiliation with any of the brand studios or properties mentioned all views are our own produced and edited by my partner Rebecca music is provided by Epidemic Sound and the cover artwork was commissioned by Rhiannon Cargo on Twitter or Instagram. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so funny.